0: Everyone, and welcome to Fashion Decipher. My name is Sean Williams. And in this episode, we will be exploring the memoir of Andre Leon Talley. And I have two really awesome guests today. Um, two people that I really, you know, revere as friends. And that is Thomas James and John Holiday Stewart. You know, John Holiday Stewart from a former episode, but we're introducing Thomas James again today. Thomas, do you want to give the audience a little bit about your background?
1: Um, Well, in connection maybe to the book, I did work for the Metropolitan Museum of Art for uh, a brief year Mm -hmm. um, in like a customer service role there. Uh, But my background, um, the three of us, as many people may or may not know, we did meet in uh, luxury retail Mm -hmm. and I've left the luxury retail world and... Now I am a mortgage loan broker, which is something completely different, <laughs> but uh, I still like to keep my uh, my eyes and ears on the uh, fashion industry. I love it. And John, how are you today? I am good. I'm
2: good. Glad to be back for my second round. <laughs> love it.
0: <laughs> so let's jump right into the book. Um, you know, this book was like... It was crazy phenomenon when it came out when it dropped this past summer and because he actually exposed his relationship with um, Anna Wintour and we'll get into that. But it also gives a little insight into like Andre Leon Talley as a person and it talks about his bio and just how he grew up. Um, you know, he was born in, you know, in Washington, D.C., but raised in, in North Carolina, and mm-hmm. his great-grandmother and grandmother basically raised him, um, you know, off their pension checks and their salary for being um, domestic workers um, at the men's campus at Duke University, um, and he had a supplemental income from his parents. And, you know, like a lot of people in the South, and John can attest to this, you know, his family was church-going, you know, and mm-hmm. it was Sunday school, it was Bible school, it was baptisms, And the one thing about anybody knows anything about going to church in the South. And if you're a Baptist, you know, you wear your Sunday's best. So I think that's where Andre has, you know, kind of connected his love for fashion. And that's kind of how it started for him. Um, And, you know, he was able to leave the South um, after he graduated, I think, from Chapel Hill um, University. And he went to Brown. And that's where his like fashion career kind of started. Anything you want to say about that, John? Like growing up in the South and getting into fashion, is this something that you feel is like parallel to how you kind of got into the fashion world, luxury? Um, I wouldn't say it's
2: parallel, but Mm
0: -hmm. I would definitely
2: say that at least speaking for me and my experience being a Southerner, it was from as long as I can remember, if you ever thought about seeing a person of color in a position of power within the fashion world or someone who could really have like their pulse on what was happening the first person that would come to mind if not the only person would be André Leon Talley mm. and just having that insight into his journey i mean i kind of had an idea of the steps and the moves that he made to become who he is today but to just really get like a deep dive into that mm-hmm. it, it was just so inspiring to see someone in that time period coming from where he came from and the opportunities that were afforded to him and how he really just maximized that to become the person that he is. I am just like in total awe of him as a person.
0: No, I totally agree with that.
1: Right, I, I agree also. That's just no easy feat for someone
2: who is African-American and just it was, for that time period
1: unheard of absolutely 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 i also it's also interesting how he wanted you know he really wanted to be like a private french teacher yes and just really just like just changed you know i mean it er, you know there's certain times in life when we just totally change our paths and here you know it was kind of like a gamble and look at look
0: at where he went And it's so interesting, Thomas, you bring that up because my dad said, you know, growing up in the South, because he's also from North Carolina, that um, they encouraged him to learn French. And he said he never understood that, you know, and it wasn't until a lot later he connected it to the fact that, you know, a lot of Black people felt that because... Paris and France was more accepting you know they believed more, of I, black people yeah. right that's why they went but you know as we read on into the book we'll realize that Andre had his own set of issues you know living and working in, in Paris but like mm-hmm. let's let's go back a little bit only because I want to talk about had him at Brown Andre Leon Talley said he would walk around Brown University in kabuki makeup <laughs> which right. I love um, and you know he would wear these like Est- I think he put like three or four Estee Lauder shades of deep grape on his high temples and he <laughs> vaseline it on his face and he had it to glass can you imagine seeing him walking around the campus like that I love it I love it every part of it and I think that his you know wardrobe caught the eye of a lot of people that the students that went there and he was invited to go to the Cody Awards and when he went to the Cody Awards with some of his classmates Um, at FIT, you know, the classmates at Brown, they took him to the Cody awards that was at FIT. He met, um, the illustrator for Halston. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, of course at the time he was like the hottest designer in America and they invited him to a party, a Halston party after where he also met Elsa Peretti and Carrie Donovan. Um, if people don't know Carrie Donovan, you know, you probably might know her from being the older lady on the old Navy commercials.
1: On the the old Navy. Yeah. remember? (laughs) Yes. Exactly. (laughs)
0: So I think that is totally so dope. Like, I mean, I don't know much about the Cody Awards, and, you know, unless it was the things that I actually read. What do you guys know about the Cody Awards? It seems like it just really was a networking spot. Thomas, what do you think? Right.
1: Well, I remember, like, we kind of touched on this before. It seems, like, when I think of them, the first thing that always comes to mind with everyone is fragrance. Like, I didn't realize that they were more, like, fashion-geared back then. Like, you know, we had touched on... Um, how like now there's so many events that there sh- you know, back then there were only really shows where people in the industry would network. And now you have the Met Gala and shows and there's just, it's such a broader space for, for people to network where back then that seemed like it was really it besides fashion shows where people within the same industry could really mingle and network amongst each other.
0: That is so true. You know what I mean? And I, I mean, just the idea, the fact that he goes, you know, just based upon his personality and his presence, because let's face it, and Talley has a presence. Mm-hmm. Um, you oh, know, yes. he was able to meet Elsa Preddy and Carrie Donovan and the illustrator of Halston, Joe, uh, Joe Eula, how do you pronounce his last name? Um, and he volunteered, he ended up volunteering at the Met, you know, Thomas, Correct. where you were. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And he met Diana Verland and she became like, he became her favorite Uh, volunteer to help with the exhibits Um, and she promised him like what do you guys think of the fact that she convinced him to stay in New York City um, after a holiday break although he didn't have a job and he didn't go home to see his family that's a big chance you take it was a huge
2: chance and it paid off for him in spades I mean you always have these I feel everyone has those pivotal moments in their life where they come to that fork and it's like, do I go left? Do I go right? Which choice do I make? We've all done it. I'm currently in a similar area in my life where I'm trying to decide what I want my next step to be. Mm -hmm. And he really just, I feel he took that leap of faith and just stepped out and was like, I'm going into this unknown and I'm not really sure what's going to happen. And it was the best thing that could have happened for him.
0: Right. And
1: you know what also too, I think that he really, there was like um, a love for it that that just must have always been there. It, in order for him to, you know, there, there was just something about fashion that I think he was always drawn to. It was just in him. It was it was in his blood. Yeah. So yes. you know, it, it was like you know, I'm you know, what am either I'm going to go and become a French teacher or look at this other world that that I really want to be a part of. Yeah.
0: And I mean, you know, making an impact on someone like Diana Vierling, who, you know, iconic in her own right, um, you know, she loved his work and, you know, loved his personality that she built him up to everybody, to all the designers like Halston, you know, Oscar de la Renta, Carolina Herrera, and she invited him to so many parties. Can you imagine being in your, what? Uh, from the 18 to 21 year, year uh, age group or 21 to 25, because I think it was grad school that he did this and just meeting the likes of like Bianca Jagger and, you know, right. John like that's crazy, that's amazing.
1: It, re- it really
2: is. It really yeah. is. It's just- I mean, I, I am in, uh, at my age, that I'm not going to disclose what it is, but <laughs> yeah. at my age- I run it you especially in the field that we're in in luxury retail it can be just like an average person or it could be a celebrity Mm -hmm. and I still become starstruck at certain people so I can't imagine being at his age and being exposed to and networking with that group of people Mm
1: -hmm. right and just being invited like it it you know, like, I mean, we know from just how he is from growing up and, and seeing him, it it just seems that people, there's a warmth, I guess, to him that that people just, you know, gravitate towards, and they want him to be around. And, you, you know, look, they, they invited him to all of these, you know, events and parties, and, you know, they wanted him to be part of their circle.
0: Mm-hmm. Right, right. No, you absolutely I mean I love that. And then just to know like the confidence in himself, to know like, you know what, I'm a college grad, you know, student and I belong here. I'm maybe at Studio 54 and I'm amongst all this like celebrity and high fashion designers, but I belong here. And I think that's like a level of confidence and self-esteem that he has. And I think that's like an amazing, amazing thing. I mean, we all aspire to be, you know, that big. But what do you guys think about where he wrote? that andy warhol you know as we know is famous for his oxidational paintings and where they called them the piss paintings and Mm -hmm. um (laughs) he invited him to pee on the painting (laughs) (laughs) right i would i would read
2: on the subway commuting back and forth to work. And I kid you not, I read that part and almost dropped the book.
1: <laughs> and and just the way he put it where he was like, you know, I'll make your penis famous. You know? yes.
2: <laughs> yeah, I was just and, like,
1: oh my God. <laughs> I I really wasn't aware that he really got like his first break at Interview Magazine. I, yes. I you know, to me, I just always thought he was at Vogue. You know, I, I didn't realize that how many,
0: other publications he really, like, edited for. Mm-hmm. WWD. And these, these mm-hmm. you know, it's amazing how his career just, like, catapulted um, after the co-sign from Diana Vierlin. Like, I think one of the areas that I thought that was so interesting to me was when he talks about Betty Couture. She had to, like, put an outfit together, and she told him, meet me at Woolworths. I right. have to buy t-shirts. And t-shirts, he goes, yeah. I'm strolling through Woolworths Isles. And I just, you know, he says he's discovering the hairnets that his grandmother wore. And he was like, world renowned Betty Couture, who freely wears whatever designer she wants, is buying her clothes at the same place that her grandmother buys her hairnets. You know what I mean? Exactly. I thought that was exactly. so on point because it really shows you that this high and low, like shopping and, you know, how style is internal and you know, you don't have to wear everything designer, but it's how you put things together. It's like, you exactly. know, it really shows the type of icon Betty Control really was.
2: Yeah, and I mean, definitely, not to kind of, I mean, not to stray from the topic, but maybe it's a little bit of a stray. Mm-hmm. When I read that passage, the first thing that I immediately thought of was Sex in the City. Yes! <laughs> and okay. it's just, I, I remember, can see that. yeah, I remember the scene from the first movie when, Carrie shows them the dress that she wanted to wear, right. and everyone was shocked because it wasn't like,
0: it wasn't you know, it wasn't a Vera dress.
2: Wang or not right. It was just right. a new regular dress that she maybe got from, like, the, you know, the, the consignment store or something. And she's like, Oh, I'm just going to jazz it up with a nice pair of heels, this, that, and the other. Mm-hmm. And it's the brideboard dress by nobody.
0: <laughs> right. I lo- I, and I love that, you know what I mean. And I and I love like that, you know, um, that she did that, and and just the fact that she mixed those woolber shirts with uh, with uh, Isla Lebron pantsuits, you know, that's love amazing. It. I'm, I'm amazing. Also, too, um, you know,
1: like when he was in his younger years, how he would wear Bermuda shorts everywhere. Yes. I thought yes. Interesting. I thought that like was. Dope. He would, yeah, he would like team, you know, whatever fabulous shirts and shoes that he had, but he would. He would always wear everything with Bermuda shorts, and I found that to be really interesting. I never knew that about him. Mm-hmm. No,
0: absolutely not. Like I, I didn't know that either. But again, again, that goes to having you know your own style and how it's like exactly. an internal, you know, thing that you have. It's not about copying. It's really about knowing what works for you. And I think that's that's amazing. I wish I would have seen more photos of him wearing those. shorts. I think there's like a few in the book, but not a lot. Um, right. What else was really interesting at that time? You know, meeting Manolo Blahnik. Um, You know, he, I think they were headed to Fire Island. What did yes. you guys think of that part? I mean, because we've all been to Fire Island. Like, what did you guys I, think about that
1: part? I thought it was funny how um, they would, They. I think they drank some punch that was spiked. Yes. <laughs> And yes. uh, they kind of ventured into areas where, you know, things that happen on Fire Island happen, and they kept <laughs> laughing and uh, uh, the people partaking in those Fire Island games kind of like threw them out. They were like, you know, chase them out of there. And,
0: mm-hmm. uh,
1: you know, it, <laughs>
0: Fire Island is, it is, it is experience. I, you know, I have my <laughs> own, I will never forget it. And oh, both of you were there. <laughs> so it's definitely, it was, it was actually a time I enjoyed myself. Oh <laughs> yeah.
2: Yes, I mean, never a dull moment,
0: never. No, <laughs> so I thought that was interesting because I was like, I know John and Thomas could definitely relate to this as well. Um, what do you guys think? Just getting into like a chapter four, it talks about like Carl Lagerfeld and um Issa Laurent's like relationship, and then it gets into like his relationship with Carl. Like, what do you guys think of that? I, I know we knew that they had a relationship, I didn't
1: realize that they were so close. Mm-hmm um you know throughout the whole book he goes back and forth how they had a great relationship and then you know Carl would just cut people out of their lives and it just kind of went a lot of back and forth uh you know I mean but I didn't realize that he was really there in the beginning when you know when Carl Lagerfeld took over for Chanel and you know I didn't realize what part Andre really played in it you know and and the same thing with like Galeano and I I didn't realize that like how he had his hands and really helping people get to where they really needed to get and he really didn't get much credit for it yeah yeah absolutely. and he was there at like
0: all those times you know what I mean it's it's right bizarre like you know we don't the fashion world doesn't talk about it enough you know and maybe he needed exactly. to tell his story just for that but they don't talk about it at all.
1: Yeah, that's one thing that I was, that I really was like proud of him for putting in this book is, you know, like, look, I did this. Mm -hmm. You know, I helped them. I got this person to back this person. I found a place for them to do this show. And I I never knew that. I just always assumed, you know, here he was just at Vogue and he just, you know, kind of did his Vogue things. Right. You know, for, like you know, I didn't realize, um, how he really um you know helped really launch a lot of designers
0: yeah, yeah uh, you know absolutely. speaking at that time when he was in you know Par- you know he's in Paris and becoming friends with Carl um you know he talks about like the battle of Versailles and he talks about some of the designers and you know he said Paris embraced black culture they took a lot of things from black culture you know starting with like Josephine Baker and you know, like her look and, you know, her as a person, because she would, uh, she lived there and toured there a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he talked about like Issa being the one of the first to embrace diversity in models, you know, and mm-hmm. also he spoke about Givenchy and, and how he also did uh, a show with only black models, you know, and he, he talked about that and the pressure he felt, you know, as a black person being in those areas and those spaces. That you know in America he really wasn't able to be in, and then it led to Paloma Picasso, another designer we're both familiar with. Um, mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. he, you know, she brought she took him to the side and said one night at a party and said, Andre, I don't know how to mm-hmm. tell you this, but I think you should know. Um, right. And someone is going around the publicist of Isan Lerman at the time, and name was Clara Saint, is going around telling people um, and referring to you as Queen Kong.
1: Queen Kong, yeah. And oh. that
0: just like. Devastated him, and you know what's what's horrible about it, and you know we both know this is comparing, as he says in the book, comparing a black person to an ape is like the worst, you Mm -hmm. know, acts of racism, and then you know trying to dehumanize black people, and then him because he was he was just as worthy enough to be there, and they try to discredit his talent was it was like soul crushing. What do you guys think of that that part?
1: There was the one part of the book that hit the hardest, just those two words. And only for the fact because it was, you know, it, it was truly racist. You know, I mean, it Queen alone. Yeah. But to take it that, you know, if, if he had been himself and a person of any other color, it would have just been Queen or it would have been making fun of his sexuality. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and I, I did. I found that to be really the most hurtful part of this book. Yeah. I really was.
0: That was very yeah. damaging. What did you think, John? Absolutely.
2: I mean, I'm glad he included it because it really showed you the good and the bad that he Mm -hmm. had to navigate his way through for his career, but it was, they didn't make it any easier to read. Mm -hmm. It was just, it was like, why does, why did she have to go to that point?
0: Right. Right. And it is, it's definitely an area that, you know, it's something that Black people have to experience that because, you know, they don't want to, a lot of people who are racist don't want to um, believe that you belong there on merit, you know, and, then, right. and then if they can exactly. take that away for you any kind, any way that they can, they will try to do so. But, um, you know, after, what did you guys think about how he left? You know, like, did you, you believe, like, was a good decision to leave based upon that? Do you believe he should have stayed and fought? What did you guys um, feel about his letter of resignation that he left at the office? Uh,
1: I know that th- was this also the same time that they also spread a rumor that he was sleeping with all the yes. designers or was that later on?
0: That was also part
1: of it. Okay, so was it the same? Yeah, I, I mean, I'm sure, like you said, he was, it was soul crushing to him. It was, Um I, I, hmm. Would you guys have stayed? Like, like I don't know have- if, it's so
2: hard it's Mm -hmm. so hard because like part of me I mean would definitely have stayed because I feel like I would have earned my place to be there Mm -hmm. but to also go into that shark tank day after day and deal with those people and know like the things that are being said behind your back and it's like at what point do you stay and fight and at what point do you Turn and walk the other way, not because you were afraid of the fight, but just for self preservation and just to save mm-hmm. your sanity.
0: Yeah. So, you guys both would have, you think you would have stayed, John Thomas. What do you, what would you have done? I mean, I probably, I
1: probably would have stayed. Um, but the same thing, I mean, it, you know, that's, it's a big, it, it's, you know, it, you, I think at that time, and especially for him, he, it was just like, I'm not going to deal with this. I don't need to deal with this.
0: Yeah.
1: And, you know, and I think in a way too, I think as hurtful as that was, I think he knew he was better than, than, than all of them. Right. And, yeah. you know, I think, I think that's what gave him, you know, okay, let's, let's move to na- you know, let me move to the next chapter. And that's exactly I don't what he need did. To be subjected to this.
0: Yeah, and he, and he did that, and I think that it was it was really amazing that Carl Lagerfeld let him stay um, at his house for the next three months until he like figured out his next move, and that's when he headed back to New York, and he had got a call from Eunice Johnson of uh, the famed Ebony magazine, and she had him fly out to Chicago to meet him, meet her and her husband, and they hired him on the spot, so that you know right. him leaving was able to connect with Ebony, and he had like a a small career there. Um, you know, they went to Paris together, and he helped, um, I think, helped her pick out clothes for uh, the Ebony Fashion Fair um, show. Right. That should, that traveled around for, like, years. And yeah. Years, I mean, yeah.
1: And I, I really, I did not know that. And, yeah, it wasn't that you know, and, and she was also, like, you know, one of, you know, one of the women here in the States that, you know, that bought all the couture. Yes.
0: Yes, and they, and they launched a lot of careers, like Pat Cleveland, you know, mm-hmm. which John and I met at, um, uh, at a museum, and uh, Stephen Burroughs, the designer, Scott Barry, the designer, B. Michael, you know, like those are all, they supported, that Fashion Fair show supported so many uh, Black designers, and I think that it was necessary at the time. I mean, it's necessary now, but it's, you know, yes. it's, it's absolutely necessary. Yes, Agreed. And, but he didn't stay there long he ended up leaving there and you know i think it was like salary nine, was a lot. nine months maybe i think he was there yeah because his salary was big. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and i understand that you know he, listen he comes with all that um you know uh experience and education but i thought that was a, mm-hmm. um, an, an amazing feat um what do you think about because his next chapter he moves into making his way to vote and meeting Anna Wintour for the first time. And he says he was, like, on his way to the elevators. And she was right, just... they just, named like, passed each other. Right, and they just... Vogue just named her the creative director. And they didn't know each right. other. And he said he they just, like, had this, you know, passing by. But then they had ended up forging a career, uh, relationship over the years. Um, what did you guys think of that? You know, of him making it to Vogue. And he was saying that Vogue is such an institution. You know, and he became the most important male fashion journalist at the time, especially being African-American, which is big. Mm-hmm. It, it You know, what's it, it, funny, and even the same way, like how I
1: touched on the way he wrote about Karl Lagerfeld, it, it, it was like, always like back and forth, like he would say nice things about Anna Winter, and that, you know, don't believe like all of the stuff that, you know, people had said about her and wrote books about her, and then he would paint a side of her where she wasn't exactly the easiest person to work with. Do you think so that he struggled? Just, I think he just didn't want to say anything bad about her. Right. No. I mean, that's the impression I got from the book. Like, he just, it, it was a, the same thing with Carl Lagerfeld. He would, like, it, write, like, you know, like the, the, about the great relationship they had, but write about what those two did to others and then eventually did to him. So Mm -hmm. it just, you know, I, I kind of like, you know, when I finished the book, I was kind of like, well, were they really that close? Were they really not that
0: close? Right. You were kind of unsure if if that was a real relationship or not a real relationship. Or if he, you know,
1: yeah, if he just, you know, like, you know, I don't think he wrote anything bad about her. I really don't. But I kind of walk away like still not believing that that was the real relationship that they had.
0: Yeah, you think it's more superficial because I feel like I agree with you. I feel like he struggled um, with trying not to like damage their relationship so bad. Maybe he felt like an opening, like he was hoping that like maybe they can, you know, rekindle their friendship at some point. Right. But the way it was received, like, you know, I mean, we're getting towards the end, but the, the way the book was received, they just act like he, it was like sacrilege. Like every review, you know, act like he did this um, backslap to her. Like, how dare you divulge the secrets of Vogue in your relationship? And that's like the most ungrateful thing that you could do. And it was so like harsh because I didn't think no. it was that bad. I didn't <laughs> think it was that add- bad at
1: all.
2: Agreed, agreed. I feel like... At least in my opinion, I feel from the things and the rumors that people have heard regarding Anna Wintour for years, I feel that how he portrayed their relationship and her in the memoir Mm -hmm. was a gloss over as Mm -hmm. to how it really is to be in that circle with her. Yeah. I feel like he could have probably went a lot deeper than he did. And whatever reason it was, whether he didn't want to, like, further damage the relationship or he was being kind because of the years of the relationship that they have or whatever his reason were for not going as deep as I feel that he could have Mm -hmm. is, of course, up to him to do because it's him telling his story. But I definitely do not feel that he maligned her in any type of way that was just, like, unfair or, or cruel. I feel that he actually did her a favor.
1: I I agree. I agree. I think, I think the way he wrote about her, he put her more in like a positive light than anything in a negative light. And exactly, you know, and I mean, even after, you know, even after when, um, he wasn't let go. Let's just like, when it came down to like with the Met ball with him, no longer being invited and doing the interviews on the stairs and the way he found out, and them no longer speaking, but yet he still continued to go to fittings with her it was for her weird. pose, and I—that's it. Just, I don't know. It just.
0: First, let me say, like, Thomas, like I agree with you that the way they handled him in that part was so disrespectful. You know, like to to call mm-hmm. him and say, "Oh, you don't want to do this anymore." What? Who? Like,
2: right. How are you going to tell me what I don't no, want and, to
0: do?
1: And you know what? Right. And and wait, they didn't call. He called them. Yes. He heard from them. And he's like, what's going on? Like, what's going on with the Met Gala? And, and they were just like, oh, well, we felt like,
0: you know, this is beneath you now. I mean, floored. Like, that's not how you handle him of all. I mean, that's really shouldn't how you handle anyone at a job. Right. That's not how you handle him. Like, I just right. think yeah. that was so disgusting.
2: I do, too. It was. It was, it was just, it was low. Someone who had dedicated Their life. so much to that Mac, to that publication and mm-hmm. everything involving it and the years and the sacrifice and the hard work and everything that he gave them, the blood, the sweat, the tears. And that is how you treat him. It's, it's not like he's someone who just walked in off the street. This was right. someone who had right. years of service with that, who could have left at any time and took his knowledge and his connections with him and went anywhere else, Mm -hmm. and you just, it's like, regardless of how personal relationships fall apart or evolve over time, you still, I feel, regardless of what you're in and what you're doing, you have to maintain a level of respect. And that was just, it was blatantly disrespectful how they treated him.
0: Yeah, that just was not necessary at all. I mean, you know, I mean, listen, Andre Leontali at the steps of the Met Gala is a full entity. Like he's just, you know, I remember his reaction to Rihanna wearing that, you know, very long uh, yellow uh, dress. Um, the chinese the chinese year yeah like i just i feel like you know his his just response to that is like you know you watch it for that you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. so i just don't see where they felt that it was beneath him that just was bizarre um to me you know and
2: very much
0: yeah i didn't get that (laughs) i didn't get that at all but what do you guys think about when he said that anna went was really the person who basically saved john galliano from that huge you know thing that happened you know because she was i remember her making all these like not I wouldn't say p s a but she made a lot of statements in support of like he was going through like a tough time, and um you know, I think we need to give him a second chance, and you know like what do you i mean he did credit her for basically like saving his career he did he did and and I also didn't like i, I mentioned earlier, I didn't
1: realize that you know that he really kind of helped start Galliano's career mm-hmm. you know he he found right. a space for him to do his first show. He found a backer to, to do the second show. You know, I didn't realize that um, uh, how important of a role he played in Galliano getting his start. Yeah. Um, With the, you know, with Anna winter trying to, I don't, I, I don't really remember her like really going out and really, you know, trying to bring him back into the good graces. I really just don't, I don't remember. I don't, Remember that as it was physically happening. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the Galliano, I mean, look, he, he's, he's brilliant. He, he messed up.
0: I think he's at, what is that, Mergillia right now, right? I think that's where he's been designing for like the, since Anna Wartour got him, you know, back into the fashion thing. Back where- in, right. Yeah, because he was at DR at the time. Um, I thought it was funny, like when he talked about like, when Andre Leo Telly he talked about like the models and what they eat.
1: <laughs> yes, yeah. That
0: was hilarious, because they was like, he wrote like, um, you know, people believe that models are eating like salads and-, and you know Diet Coke. Diet Coke, and he was like, he had to set off for a bucket of KFC.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I love it. I, and love, I love that. Also touching on the eating, the mm-hmm. one, you know, as we all know, like he, he, he became an emotional eater, right. and whereas, uh, what I found interesting is that most people within that industry turn to substance abuse yeah. rather than food, and like both he, him and Carl Lagerfeld, like, kind of really turned to food rather than turning to drugs. Yeah, and that's true. I, it just, I don't know, that struck me as like, um, you know, I, I. I found it like comforting that like, oh, I'm so glad like he didn't get involved. He didn't go down that app. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. Whereas most people within that industry do.
0: Yeah, that's actually a really good point. You know, that he uh, didn't dip into the, because it was around. I mean, if you went to, he yeah, went to he, Studio he 54, it was around. It. Yeah,
1: he writes about it. That and I thought it was always like, I thought it was said too that he really never had any like romance.
0: Oh my God, that and broke my life. heart you yes. know i
1: mean he really there's not one mention of you know there was a mention of a first date i think he talks about at one point but there was never like there was a love in his life like yeah. fashion was his love yeah. you know working within that industry was his love and there was never um there was n- there was never like a physical love there yeah
2: yeah never like a com- that deep emotional companionship with someone. Correct. And it was it was sad. To me, I felt really sad for him because he had, his professional life was so on point and just amazing. And it was like, how is his life like when he leaves that to go home and yeah, he doesn't right. have someone to share that with? It really made me just like, ugh.
0: It's heartbreaking, And you know, and, yeah. and I don't know if it had to do with him Saying very early on, and we didn't speak about this in his life, that he was taken advantage of by a neighborhood friend. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, and and maybe that's the thing that when that happens, and you know, I, I don't know, but from what I understand, that they you don't know what love is because you think that's that, you know, and right. not you didn't right. get to experience falling in love. You actually got taken advantage of, and maybe right. that was part of his emotional eating. That you know, he just he didn't know. He doesn't know how to love. His mother was very strict with him. Um, right. She didn't really have a. He didn't really have a good relationship with her. So there's also some issues with learning how to love there as well. So you know, like that structure. Sometimes a lot of that comes from your childhood. You have those issues that you don't take care of, and that just only makes it worse later on in life. And that, maybe that's part of it. Yeah, that's also true. So sad though. Mm-hmm. I just you know I, I I'm not understanding. Oh, but you know skipping back um what do you guys think of when he talked about princess diana um you know <laughs> speaking about mm-hmm. like you know talking about like you know the food and when we talked about the models and she was saying like is that all that is here is lettuce <laughs> 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 oh, I thought that was and, so funny. It gave her some, did, like, and, you know, you forget, you know, what the type of person that she was. And it you know, right remind well, you. Didn't, didn't he knock a glass of red wine on her also? Yes. <laughs>
1: you know, and and she was just like, you know, spotted it up and just said, it's fine,
0: you know, so. It really shows you the type of, you know, personality, you know, that that she had. And I think that that's amazing. Um, what do you guys, talking about his emotional eating, what do you guys think about the intervention that Anna Wintour had with him. I mean, it was kind of abrupt. What do you guys think about that? Like, she called him into the office and was like, oh, we have to talk. And he's up there thinking, can you imagine? You're going to work and you're like, oh, I'm gonna get an award on, or, you know, cause that's what he thought. <laughs> <laughs> Not right. he was like, oh, I'm gonna get an award and it's gonna be, you know, this wonderful thing. And he gets there and they're all like, you're too fat and you need to lose weight. Like, what did you guys think of that?
1: I think it just goes hand in hand with that industry. You know, it's uh, I think it's always been like that. And I mean, even now, you know, now you see more dimension on runways with, you know, people's body shapes and stuff. But Mm -hmm. I still think it's still there. I mean, even though it's come a long way, I, I just think, you know, even like when Carl when Lagerfeld lost all that weight, remember, yeah. and, you know, he was wiped down to like a woman size seven or something,
0: mm-hmm.
1: it, you know, and it, and, it, you know, it, it just, I think it just goes hand in hand with the industry that, you know, if you're a bigger person, th- you don't belong, you don't belong in that circle. At all. Right.
0: It's an age thing and a weight thing, you know, because yes, being old is an right. issue, you know, you're in that industry right. is all oh, that. That's, you know, a big, big issue. You know, it's, all, every, it's like a very youth centric um, field. Um, yes. So that, I, yeah, I thought that was kind of abrupt. I mean, he says later that he understands that she did it because she did it out of love. But I just feel like the way Adam Wintour did things was so cold. <laughs> was so cold. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah, it was like, this is love. I hate to see what hate is like. Come right? Yeah. <laughs>
1: And, yet, so and he odd. still didn't say, and he still wouldn't say anything like bad about her, though. No. I really don't think he said like really anything bad about her. No. Just that she would give, you know, like everyone there would give each other the silent treatment is what it seemed like. You know, if you, know, if you didn't get your way or something of yours got cut, you know, from, you know, from making it into the, the magazine, it, it was like, you know, some people threw like little tantrums or you just got the silent treatment and you stopped speaking for three years,
0: which, you know, it's so toxic.
1: (laughs) (laughs) One thing, though, that I did find fabulous and that I don't know, but at some point in my life, I'm going to have it done, Mm -hmm. that he would line his suits with Hermes scarves.
2: (gasps) Yes. And,
1: And, you know, I read that and I was just like, wow, I have to do this.
0: I love that.
1: You know, I, I have to at least have one blazer lined in, you know, like intermesh scarves. Have to.
0: That is, Just that is such a genius idea, honestly. That makes yep, me think yep. about um when <laughs> remember when he talked about having a car accident in Mississippi oh. and his, <laughs> he cared more about he his LB. Luggage.
1: His, his luggage.
0: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that accident. I don't know.
2: I'm sorry, but if I have Louis Vuitton luggage, I won't be worried about it as well. But. I know, the
1: same. I, probably would have, I probably would have said the same thing. But you know, the way he describes it, how he's hanging there upside down. And they rescue him and he's like, is my luggage okay? And the guy's like, where's all your my luggage? luggage? And he's like, it's Louis Vuitton, you know?
0: It's it like your car's total. He was like, yeah, but my luggage is Louis Vuitton. <laughs>
1: exactly. I can easily <laughs> get another car. This is Louis Vuitton luggage. <laughs> right. <laughs> what did, what do the two of you feel about how the relationship with him and Karl Lagerfeld ended?
0: That was, Carl is such a, oh, he was such a paradox of a person. Like, you know, it's, it's so weird. Like Andre Leon Talley said that he went out of his way to purchase this like vintage pen for him. Mm-hmm. Um, and he thought that this gift would be like the gift and he would, he would love it. And, he said like within the next couple of days he gave it to somebody else and that's something that he did like he said that which is very narcissistic trait that um he only cared about it you know carl only cared about gifting and doing people favors if he can control how it was done um right and not how andre gave him something from his heart and carl could care less about it or he gave you things and then he wanted it back who does right. that?
1: Yeah, I yeah. thought that, that like, he would give people like rugs and trunks <laughs> and, and then be like, oh,
0: I need that back now. I'm
2: like, was it a gift or was it a loan? Like, right. why are you asking for this back?
0: <laughs> exactly. It was not clear, and you know what I mean? Like, and he was so generous, but this genera- the, his, you know, generosity had like a limit or something or like a, a, a ceiling. Like, it, it hit had, a certain it had level. Like a, str- a string attached to it, you know? Yeah. Exactly.
2: Like,
1: so but I mean, He could pull at any moment. But, like, their, their real, like, falling out that stopped them speaking was when he asked for money to for them to share that exhibit, um, which I thought was really odd that that would end a friendship.
0: Yeah, that was a weird – I guess if Carl felt like if he's not centered in whatever it is about, then he doesn't want to be a part of it.
2: Part of it. Right. That
0: was weird. I didn't understand why that that was the thing that, you know, of all things, that was the thing that kind of killed their their friendship. That was weird.
1: Exactly. Yeah, I agree. It just seemed very, um, it, I was like, really, this is like, because I'm waiting through the whole book to get to the part where, you know, I'm expecting this big blowout. And I was like, really, because, you know, that to, to share an exhibition with someone just seemed a little,
0: uh, a little strange to me. Right. Yeah, I definitely didn't I understand agree. that part at all. I did also like that he talked about meeting Lady Chablis from that movie, um, yes. Midnight of the, Midnight Garden, the Garden of Good That yes, is my yes, movie. Yes. What? <laughs> I fell in love with her myself. Like, after watching it, I was like, who is Lady Chablis and why, can't, why isn't she on other things? <laughs> yeah. And, wait, and didn't he take Valentino with him? I I mean, I just I was floored at that because I was like, I totally forgot. Uh, You know, it's not until someone says like they talk about like Savannah, Georgia or something that it dawns on me about that movie because that's where it was Mm -hmm. filmed. But I totally forgot. I wonder what she's up to. I really should have looked that up. (laughs) (laughs) I I thought that was an amazing like shout out because I was like, I don't remember that at all. Anything else that you guys feel like stood out? Like, I'm good. Yeah. I'm going to tell you that usually when I,
1: when I read, I read with a highlighter and there's one, um, (laughs) there's, there's one ending of a chapter that really like touched me and I highlighted it Mm -hmm. and he wrote life changes. Life has to go on. You have to keep, keep going. Mm -hmm. I too am a sinner, flawed and fallen from grace, getting up and trying for salvation over and over. And I just, I don't know, that just really hit me. And, uh, you know, I, I saved it. <laughs> no, I wrote that down too, actually. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it, it, I mean, it just really hit me when I got to that. And, and it was right, and you know what, it was right after, um, it was during the chapter when he was talking about how um, Anna Winter was trying to save Galliano's graces. And um, I just, I don't know, that just really, that's, it just stood out to me. And I was like, oh, I gotta highlight this, so.
0: I too thought that was a, a memorable part. I mean, because we all struggle. Like, you know, John also mentioned earlier that we're all making these decisions right now in our career. Um, Thomas, you already kind of made your decision. You kind of, you know, pivoted out of luxury retail. Mm-hmm. And I know John and I are doing our thing, but, you know, you have the, you're faced with these like questions and these huge life questions. And you're like, if I go this way, this could happen. If I go this way, this could happen. But, you know, mm-hmm. whether you, whether you want to stay in limbo or you make the decision, life is moving without you. You know, and it's right. either you get going or you just get left. Like, it's, it's right. a hard, it's hard.
1: Yeah, definitely. You got to, sometimes you just got to get in the ride and fasten a
0: seatbelt and that's it. And just deal with what comes with it. Like, comes what may, right. as my grandfather would say. <laughs> <laughs> what do you guys think of, like, getting to now, like, with, you know, reading everything about the book and how Vogue and Anna Wintour handled him? Um, you know, I know he, ta- he talked about in chapter 16, he talked about um, Vogue starting their own podcast. Um, And, Mm -hmm. you know, they had like huge uh, roster of fashion designers like Tom Ford and um, people who have huge followings like Kim Kardashian, Mm -hmm. um, Marc Jacobs, Alexander Wang. And he would always send Anna like people he thought that would be interesting to interview and she just always like poo-pooed it, was like, no, because he wanted like Missy Elliott or Maya Rudolph. Um, And she more or less was like, no, stick to people we know with inside of fashion. I say that to say, what do you think about how Anna Wintour values Black creatives? And you know, for him, I think she should have valued his opinion more when it came to that podcast. If he was hosting it, he should have he should have had a choice in who to interview. Because maybe she know he knows someone that she doesn't realize that the public loves. You know, you right. gotta take a, a chance on that. Right. And you know, I say that to say, speeding forward to this year with. Black Lives Matter movement and, you know, Mm -hmm. all that went on this past summer, you know, Anna Wintour herself made an apology to Black creatives, you know, talking about how she didn't really support them as much as she should have. And she said, I quote, "Um, I want to say plainly that I know Vogue has not found enough ways to elevate and give space to Black editors, writers, photographers, designers, and other creatives. We have made mistakes to publishing images or stories that have been hurtful or intolerant and she takes full responsibility for those mistakes and she goes on to say it can't be easy to be a black employee in vogue and there are too few of you um and she says i know that it is not enough to say that we will do better but we will and please know that i value your voices and responses as we move forward why did it take this you know she had andre leon there and didn't value his right voice. Why, na- why like nice. do you believe it now like do you guys believe that she's gonna do this um no, no. <laughs> okay
1: no oh, no no I, I don't either i don't either i don't believe i, I really think it was just no. because they just made she had to put out a pr statement and she did mm-hmm. You, you know, hmm have- um, I, I mean i'm hoping i'm hoping that things would change and that all you know that they'll give everyone a chance you know i mean that mm-hmm. they'll showcase works of of everyone because i mean really it is it's the end of 2020 and you know th- things really have to change hmm they really do yeah and... yeah they do
2: I mean she had Andre Leon Talley working mm-hmm. at her side for how many years yeah there was no reason why it should be so disproportionate in terms of people of color working for your publication mm-hmm. right I agree and and then to piggyback on what you said earlier, Sean, he's the host of the podcast. He should, be able to have, he should have been able to have a voice in who he had on as his guest to interview. Mm-hmm. Not only because it's hit, basically it's his show, but you have to give him a little bit of control and leeway to go out and make this work for what he feels is going to be the best way to go.
0: Mm-hmm. And
2: I feel like with her, it comes back to a whole sense of control. Right. And she'll give you enough control over things to where you can feel like you've grown and flourished, but she'll never give you that last little bit that you need.
0: Just enough to hold you underneath her, is what you're saying.
2: Exactly. Exactly. Hmm. She'll give you enough control to grow, but not enough to where you could grow to the point where you may eclipse
0: her. Right. I mean, you, you, that even goes to like, you know, the, the film and the novel, the 2003 novel, novel uh, The Devil Was Prada, um, and the film came out in 2006 um, about Anna Wintour, uh, you know, loosely based upon her. Um, and I even think Andre said that, you know, he talks about like, you know, the assistants running in the hallways. And he says he never seen an editor run and dash into Anna's office, but you would be walking fast. but you didn't (laughs) run in your stilettos but you would be walking fast so like maybe you know even in that movie if he says that is definitely some of them some of that movie was absolutely uh true that really goes to show you that you know maybe she you know isn't being sincere and I agree with you both like I just don't see it do you guys think that there needs to be a change at Vogue like you think that for herself it's time for her to move on you know, they've been under the helm of her for so long. Um, can she give a, a fresh breath to the to Vogue like they need? I no.
2: feel it's, I mean, and I in no sense would want to discredit or take away from anything that she's done because mm-hmm. if she wasn't good at what she did, she would not have been there for as long as she has been. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Vogue is an institution. But I mean, I also believe that at some point, it's time for you to leave the party and go sit your ass down. (laughs) And she's she's had an amazing run, but I feel that as the world is shifting into new platforms in terms of social and new and just different causes and everything is so much different. I mean, just the things that we've experienced as people over the last year alone,
0: Mm-hmm.
2: I feel that it's time for someone with f- fresh ideas and that fire in their belly to just really take it to the next level to come in and take the hand, like take the reins and
1: lead Vogue into the future.
0: Yeah, do I I agree.
1: That. I agree. I totally agree. It needs, um, it needs it needs fresh blood, it does. It needs, like you said, it needs someone more, I think with their pulse to the, you know, with their ears and eyes to the ground and what's really going on and uh, not, you know, not worrying about couture fittings, yeah. <laughs> you know? Because, <laughs> right. I mean, you know, really that's not, it's not the world, you know, yeah, it's a small percentage of the world, but it's really not the world
0: that everyone lives in. No. And what do you think mm-hmm. about like the, the, the thing with Vogue is, you know, it's still a paper, you know, a magazine, like with mm-hmm. everything being on social media. Um, do you think that in general that it's not keeping up with the wave? Because I don't know if the Vogue Instagram page keeps up with the wave of fashion, the way as much fa- fashion is turned out on social media consistently. I right. don't know if they're keeping up with that. What do you guys think of that? Like magazines versus social media? Well, I think they could probably show more fashion
1: if they, if they really kept up with it on social media. Like you were saying, I mean, every hour, every minute, someone is showing something new or something they just designed or, you know, I think they're really missing that, they're missing that whole atmosphere. Yes, really, absolutely. You know, I mean, I would,
2: I would hate to see them go 100% digital, because, I mean, call me a dinosaur or a relic, I still like having the feeling of, like, turning a page. Right. <laughs> me too. Me too. But I
1: still like magazines, but... you need.
2: They, I would agree with Thomas. They should do a better job of working their social because, I mean, we're a digital age. I mean, things happen so often, so fast, and you have to utilize that because by the time you go to print and the next issue comes out,
1: it's 16 out of things have happened.
2: <laughs> and that one thing that was hot in that moment when it happened is now ice cold and been replaced by five other things.
1: Yeah. Right. It's, you know, and, and it, I don't want this to come out the wrong way, but it's not really, it's not really like her as an editor that really calls the shots as to mm-hmm. what's going on. It's, it's, it's the people and the designers now, you know? Mm-hmm. I, I really think, right. and, and, and- That's and, accurate. And, and the industry, you know, your, your music industry, your 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 movie industry. I mean, that's where most people get their fashion influence from now.
0: Yeah, you know, they don't
1: they don't really turn to like a designer. They're like, oh, look, you know, so and so is wearing so and so. Wow, I want that. They don't just go to like, oh, look at what this designer's doing. They're like, wow, look who's wearing this designer. Exactly. That, you know what? Yeah,
0: actually, right. Because if you think of all the, you know. Instagram influencers or micro influencers, like they're making a bigger impact than most magazines. And I think they need to tap into that more, Mm -hmm. um, you know, in a way that is connects more with millennials and Gen Y. Um, and I think that they also know that those two generations are very big on transparency and they're very big on, um, you know, knowing what a company stands for. So I think, you know, they took a hit, you know, this summer. And I think mm-hmm. in order not to look archaic, they do need to make some really big changes um, across the board, in my opinion.
1: I agree. I totally yeah. agree. Maybe I, bring,
0: I, maybe bring him back. <laughs> <laughs> <What>? <laughs> think
1: you think right, go look. back,
0: though. Like, what do you guys think? I you
1: would know,
2: make them. I, like, would, I wouldn't be surprised. But you would have to damn work for it. You mm. would have to work for it. You would have yeah. to give me the sun, moon, stars, and five or six mountain ranges for me to
1: come back. <laughs> you know, I mean, look, how many times did he go back? Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's like at least four or five times, right? It was a lot of times that they did and stop talking and she called him up out of the blue. You know, I mean, it's it, that, that Vogue is in his blood. Yeah, it's in his blood. Yeah, it is, absolutely. Where
0: would you guys like to see Andre Leon Talley go? Because I know John, you and I both seen him um, in the village. Uh, when I he was mean, at the, the library in the village. Like, wh- where would you like to see his career go after this memoir? Uh, whether it was received well by certain people or not. Like, what would you like to see him do, if possible? Hmm.
2: I mean, th- this is me being completely, maybe petty. <laughs> <laughs> For me to say this. <laughs> and I know it kind of goes against what I said regarding Anna Wintour. Mm-hmm. But I would like him. To, I mean, I would love it if he took our place.
1: mm Mm. Yeah, I mean I could totally see that. You know, I mean, look, everyone everyone loved those the the Met Gala interviews that he would do. I mean, I I wouldn't find it far fetched. I mean, I I I would love it if he had, you know, a, a weekly show or you know, yes. or or just like during award season, like, you know, how, you know, E has this and that. You know, he does he just has his own thing and it's just him because you know everyone loves him.
0: Yeah. I totally and agree. He's such he's such a presence and, you know, he is such a great storyteller. John and I both mm-hmm. know he's such oh a great storyteller. God. Like, I totally agree with you. If he had some sort of weekly show, um, whether that's YouTube, whether it would be IG stories, somebody...
2: Something. Should, yeah, something, like, I don't right. know if it's someone just him needs, or something. Someone needs to come to him and they come up with a partnership that really would capitalize upon his knowledge. Yeah. And just the people that he knows and the experiences that he's had in his life. I mean, so much for him to share and do. And I feel like we haven't even, as long as he's been in the industry, I
1: still feel like we haven't even, like, we've barely scratched the surface with him. I, about I what agree. he's able to do. I agree. I agree totally with that. And I'm sure there's a lot more stories, too, to be told. I mean, he, you know, in in just this book alone, I mean, come on, there's there's a lot more that, he hasn't told us yet. So. Oh, absolutely!
0: I'm hoping. That, agreed, Thomas. Like, I'm hoping that he already has like a second memoir somewhere,
1: <laughs>
0: and right. then like it gets released later.
1: Two. What is he, he does a lot now with um Savannah with the uh, the the um, museum in the college, the Savannah College, right? Yeah, and, and it seems like he kind of enjoys that, like you know, putting together like these retrospects and, and you know, and teaching. And, you know, I mean, I, I wouldn't, I would like to see him continuing going down that path and just, you know, giving his knowledge.
0: Yeah, I agree with you, because I think sharing, you did, they you know, did an scary. exhibit on uh, Oscar de la Renta. And I think, um, you know, I, I, you really want to give people their flowers while they're here you know I really Mm -hmm. I wish a fashion would embrace him more whether they agree on everything he says or not you know he's just he's a living legend and and I think people really need to um respect that yeah and they need to embrace him and I I mean he's here and he's willing to work the man the man is you know willing to talk about fashion at any time um and I just think there's so many platforms that could tap into that Um, Like you said, maybe the college in some way could do more or maybe he can give like um, classes uh, virtually, you know, even if he never had to leave his home. You know, now with COVID, you know, there's so much virtually going on that maybe there's something that he can do with that. I just would like to see him not like retire to the shadows. I just really would like to still see him active all the way up until he can't do it anymore. You know,
2: I agree. I agree. Yeah, 100%.
0: So I love it. Any last last words that you guys want to say about the book or about Anna Wintour or like, you know, anything in fashion, you know, related to any of these things you want to say before we close out?
2: If you haven't read the book, you need to read the book. Listen to the book. However you take in knowledge, (laughs) (laughs) it needs to be on your to-do list as soon as possible. I mean, even if you're not someone who's enamored by the world of fashion, just to hear this man's story. And right. to see this glimpse into his life is worth the time for you to do it.
0: Yeah, I absolutely agree with you, John. Like, it just was such a good read. Um, and, and you said, like, again, you're absolutely correct. Like, let's not take Audible out of it. Because I think he even narrates it. Um, and he oh, really? Brings his whole life into it. Yeah, I, did, I listened to, like, a sample of it. Um, so you, you hear it in his voice. So, you know, like, I think that it's either way you, you like you say, you take in information, please do so it is worth the read. It's a great book. I agree with Thomas. I wish he would have said more, you know, and maybe been more open about the relationships that he has had, especially with Anna Wintour, you know, and, you know, hopefully like he'll write something else, you know, and if not, you know, just definitely like deep dive into this one. Yeah, I agree. I agree. So thank you guys both for appearing on Fashion Decipher. I love you both.
2: <laughs> I love you too. And I love you both you as too. Well,
0: yes, course. you guys are the best. I need to have you guys back. Um promise that you're coming back. Yeah, definitely. Of course. Oh, I
2: love it. Anytime. All uh,
0: right. Okay. This was guys. Round two
2: for me, and I'm ready for round three. Let's I know go. that's right.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm ready. I'm ready for number two.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, so guys, we'll have them back on. Thank you, Thomas James, and John Holiday Stewart again. And we will speak to you next week. Hi guys it's sean make sure you visit our website fashiondecipher.com, to get a visual on what we're talking to you about check out pics from events of guest speakers and exhibits if you miss anything we post you can visit our archives page also while you're there hit that subscribe button leave your email and if you like a comment tell us what you think or what you would want to hear on an upcoming episode don't forget to follow and friend fashion decipher on social media check out what we're up to speak with you next week